Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Tanya Nunez, Jordan Wax, and Noah Martinez of Lone Pinon. We recorded this at the Kauai Old Time Gathering back in November. By the way, Fanny and Jim, thank you so much for having me out. I had a great time. Everyone, right now, go follow Kauai Old Time on Facebook so you can be the first to hear about next year's event. There's a full video version of this episode available to Patreon supporters, so now would be a great time to pitch in and fund the show. Visit patreon.com slash getupinthecool linked in the show notes and sign up at whatever level you can sustain. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Lone Pinon. Enjoy. sit. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Kauai Old Time Gathering. Um, my name is Cameron DeWitt and this is Get Up in the Cool, a weekly old time music podcast. Usually it's an old time Appalachian figure, uh, fiddler, but today we're going to have a special treat of some traditional uh, New Mexican music with Lone Pinon. So uh, Jordan Wax, Tanya Nunez, and Noah Martinez, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks, bro. Thank yeah, what did we just play? That was a, a polka that we learned from uh, the repertoire of uh, Santa Fe, a fiddle player, violinist named Mariano Romero. And he played with a group called Los Villeros Alegres that, uh, that played from, they, they were formed in the 1920s and, and played up until the 90s in Santa Fe. And uh, 
that was part of their repertoire, that polka. Yeah. Where, where did you find out about the polka? We, we found out about that through our friend Tomas, who is a, Mariano's I think in his late 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, and uh, our friend Tomas is a little younger than him and, and plays the mandolin and it jammed with him quite a bit. And uh, Tomas had a tape of them kind of practicing in the 80s for a dance uh, that he had just recorded on his tape recorder so he could go home and, and practice the tunes. Uh, and he found that and, and shared it with us and they were playing that tune. Mm. We were like, that's a cool tune. So, uh, is it Mariano? Yeah. Yeah. Did Mariano write this or receive it through tradition from someone else? He learned it from, uh, I just had a chance to talk to him a week or two ago and he said he learned it, he played uh, harmony fiddle at my group, was two violins, and uh, the first violinist had learned all those tunes from his dad, who was actually the, formed the band in the 20s, and then his son kind of inherited the band and continued it, and Mariano learned that I think he learned that polka from him. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I mean, that leads to my follow-up question. You said harmony fiddle. When I was trying to learn these tunes um, from your uh, from your records, I had a little bit of a difficult time telling which one was the melody and which one was the harmony. Is there like a yeah. clear role of like which one's which? Well, I guess it, it depends, yeah, because there are times where I feel like there's certain tunes where that the, the melody and the harmony are just always played together and yeah, at that point it's kind of like, I've learned to sing songs too where I, you know, it was a duo singing it and I thought, oh, this is the, the tune, this is how it goes and then later someone's like, that's the harmony part. Yeah. <laughs> you know. When I learned the G part to this, oh, sorry, the part that's in the key of G in this tune, um, I thought that was the melody. And then I was very pleased to see that you did the other parts so that we could play the parts yeah. together. Yeah. 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 It worked out great. Uh, so, what are the different uh, genres that. Is there one like encompassing sort of like canon of music or like for New Mexican music um, that fits all these different genres together? No. I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think of it more as like intersecting canons of, mm -hmm. of music. There's. Uh, songs like Norteño music songs, rancheras that are kind of part of that. There's this New Mexico string band tradition. Uh, there's, and even in that, there's some of that is a northern Mexican string band tra tradition. Some is, is unique to, to northern New Mexico. Uh, some are like whatever pop songs were popular in the lives of the musicians, you know. Uh, so I, I think of it as kind of intersecting right. layers of, of stuff that, like that that tune is really cool because that's that's definitely a very northern New Mexico style instrumental string band hmm. tune. But that that same fiddle player, when I was over at his house, he had an old handwritten notebook paper in his case, you know, of the tunes to play for it yeah. when he was at a party, and it was like all rancheras and northern Mexican classic songs, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's not. Uh, I don't know any examples of musicians except you know back in like the 30s or something that had like really purely just one of those uh, cannons and just played that way. So uh, if I were to be in New Mexico and I happened upon a string band like yourselves, 
I could generally expect to hear all of these different traditions, polkas, shadises. You would hear it because it would be us. There's, yeah. there's no other one. That was a great follow-up question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hear all these songs yeah. plus any other ones you've heard us and play. They would look like us. <laughs> they would look like us. Yeah. yeah. The guitar player would be different, but yeah, it'd be the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, why aren't more people playing this music? That's a good question. It, you <laughs> are you are you like ambassadors then for this? Are you trying to get more people to play it, or just? Capitalizing on the fact that they're the only ones who do Definitely capitalizing yeah, on that. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's interesting to see, you know, if, if somebody plays it, if other people will see, oh, this is cool. And I think that's part of, like, since starting the group, nobody was playing it. And that's kind of part of my interest is to see, like, well, what, what will happen if you show people that, you know, there are a lot of, you know, there's always a lot of, uh, with most traditions, you know, you're kind of, and there's a certain point where you have to overcome the legacies that led to that music, you know, being silenced. And that leaves a lot of residues of different attitudes that like, this is not a professional music, or, sure. or this is a simplistic folk tradition that, you know, isn't really worthy of serious attention, or, or this is just like a, you know, this is what your uncles do when they get drunk, and it's, they're not really musicians. <laughs> drunk uncle music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or... All kinds of things. Those you are know? my favorite musicians. Are yeah. yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> they play with the heart. Yeah. yeah. It, that's and, the best. And, you know, now in New Mexico, the situation with, with acoustic instruments, instrumentalists at least, is that most of them, you know, since the 80s or so, there's been this kind of idea that, like, mariachi is a serious music and it's professional and that's something you would want to hire, but nor the New Mexico style music is not really seen as interesting with that same respect you know so it's, it's interesting seeing what effect it has you know over the years to to try to do this music at, at a professional level and uh, show that yeah it's not that there's something wrong with the music or that yeah. it's not a it's not a tradition that's worthwhile or has you know all, all the same worth as any of these other traditions how long have you all been together now? Or I don't know how many iterations this group has had, if any, but uh, how long has Lone Pinon been a band? Jordan and I started uh, coming up on six years in January. All right. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the third format of this group. And uh, I'm, this is actually one of my last gigs with the band, so. Oh, I'm sorry to hear there'll that. Be another, there'll be the fourth version will be coming soon. Okay. Well, I'm glad we caught you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it just keeps evolving, you know. Well, let's play another tune, and then I'd like to ask you each individually, like how you got into this music, and uh, yeah, why you play it. So, what, what, what do you want to play next? Uh, the Chotis. Great. Uh, I think that's. So, what is this tune? This is a, a Chotis called La Princesa. This is actually a Texas tune, uh, but it's a shadish that would definitely be at home in New Mexico too. Is the word Scottish? I feel like I've heard that associated with Scottish music before. Is that uh, true? Or where does it come from? That yeah. Term? It's in other genres, right? It is, yeah. The, the Scottish is a genre that is played from Argentina to Norway. Okay. Yeah, it's... And actually, I thought also, yeah, because it sounds like Scottish in French, or German, Scottish in, Scottish in German. Yeah. Uh, but I was looking that up for the liner notes of, of our CD and uh, it said it's actually like a Czech word, or Bohemian. Okay. Uh, and that's where it started. All right. Yeah. What, well, like, 
what what makes it a shadish? Do you well is that an easy thing to describe? Yeah, it's a it's a generally they're four four tunes that are kind of bouncy, and uh, but there are so many different traditions because there's yeah. so many different regions. Because know? they play it from yeah. Argentina to Norway. Yeah. Right. For me, the <laughs> Texas style shadishes are always real heavy on the. Boom chick, boom chick, boom chick, chick. Yeah. Okay. And the, that's how I, can, that's how I can tell a Texas shadish from other shadishes. Mm -hmm. And then New Mexico style shadishes are a little different, but the the South Texas stuff are always real heavy. Boom chick, boom chick, boom chick, chick. And there's always like a little space at the end of that phrase. Yeah. Where you don't do anything. Where you just kind of reset. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. And okay. Cool. The, the dance step. And then the New Mexico ones are more just chick, chick, like yeah. a swing, like a Django like a style chomp. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'm but, glad I asked. Yeah. yeah. La princesa. La princesa. And this one we do in the Texas style. We got it from uh, from Lalo Garcia. Yeah. Wonderful. And there's Lalo Garcia's got a cool version of it, and then also uh, Don Pedro Ayala has a has a cool version that he recorded as well. Yeah. Great. And if you're looking for it, I think the actual name of it is La Tia Virginia. Yeah. It's not okay. La different names. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So this label, then yeah. label. <laughs> I'm well. Yeah. yeah. Appalachian music's the same. first hear about this music? Um, some of it I grew up listening to just passively, you know, at family events. And, um, did you grow up in Albuquerque? I didn't, no. My okay. father moved around, but my family has been in the region generationally for quite a while, as yeah. long as we are aware of. And um, so I heard some of it, yeah, growing up in, you know, Grandma's Kitchen and so forth. <laughs> And, um, on r recordings in Grandma's Kitchen or musicians in Grandma's Kitchen? No, 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 mostly recordings. Okay, yeah, cool. I mean, occasionally, like my grandfather played accordion a little bit, and you know, various people in the family would strum instruments and right, sing maybe. together. But it was more so, um, yeah, listening to radio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And then um, I, I really was introduced much more in depth to it by, by these guys. Um, became a fan when, when I first saw them. I was yeah. like, wow, I really enjoy this sound, whatever you're doing. I don't know what it is. Because <laughs> a lot of it was unfamiliar to me. Yeah. Yeah. But you had like a seed of like interest planted from Definitely. childhood. For sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, is this your primary instrument then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed you were playing with a with a bow. Did mm -hmm. you like do the orchestra thing? And... I've played in, yeah, I've played a little bit in orchestra. Not yeah. a lot, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess were were you regularly playing bass before joining this band? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. A lot of different styles though. Not not this stuff. <laughs> yeah, not this stuff. No. Is, is there is there a precedent for upright bass in this music? How precedented is it, I guess? Uh, <laughs> that's probably a dark question for uh, me. Well, it's, there's, yeah, there's di different traditions. Some of the string band stuff, um, we don't have a lot of recordings of, like, like that group we were talking about, Los Villeros Alegres, they played with the upright bass. Um, Most photos will have yeah. an upright player in them. Okay, yeah. great. And, even, stuff, and then before that, there's a lot of cello stuff. That yeah. we do oh, cool. More recordings of the cello, like, and I think that, that approach of the bowed probably. bass is probably yeah. more descendant from the cello. Guitarón is another mm -hmm. bass yeah. instrument they use often, yeah. and that's ad adopted from the mariachi tradition. Yeah. Is, is that the really big six string? Yeah. The yeah. Big, big, big. Okay, very cool. Big one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and maybe not even specifically this instrument, but maybe more so the Mexican bass in some of the styles. The todo roche. Yeah. And then the harp as well. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to retrain, uh, did you have to adjust your playing very much in order to learn this music? Uh, there's a lot to learn, yeah, definitely. I don't know if... Uh, I guess, what, what were you playing before? Really technique-wise. All kinds of music. Yeah. Lots of, lots of, gosh, all over the place, like Persian to country to okay. rock to yeah. um, tango and yeah, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Latin jazz, I don't know, various <laughs> things. Um, but yeah, the um, the adjustment was, was pretty notable because. Um, for one, the tempos, you know, a lot of a lot of the tunes, the tempos are really fast. Yes. And, um, so <laughs> that was a, quite an adjustment. A lot of the um, repertoire I played in the past has never called for any tempos like that. You yeah. Know, rarely, you know. Sure. Um, it's a very athletic instrument, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it is when you're playing a polka that fast, yeah. especially. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, I don't know. There's uh, and and then playing some of the the stuff um, like the wapangos. That was a new, you know, thing mm. for me to even hear and to adjust to and understand. And then, um, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think like like Josefina, that tune. Oh yeah, oh, man. Some of them. Some of the. The stuff where the bass placement is not where I've ever heard it before. It's sure. Took quite a while. Wow. To wrap my head around. You know, yeah. Feel. You know. So uh, Noah, how did you first start playing this music? Uh, well, I got, I started playing uh, like a style from San Antonio first. Okay. When I was a teenager. Um, 
Why, why did you do that? What drew you, what drew you to it? Well, I was started off like playing punk rock, like okay. all, most kids do. Sure, sure. And then um, I was just, I was like a jammer, dude. I would just walk around with my guitar and trying to learn and everything. And there was some guys in my neighborhood that had a group and kind of did that style. And uh, they had beers too. And so yeah. they'd see me walking up and down the ditch as a young guy and they'd, with my guitar. And I'd, when they'd let me, I'd go hang out and chill and learn from them and stuff. Yeah. And uh, and then I guess when I was probably like 17, um, I'd been playing bass, punk, punk rock bass. And they, they were like, hey man, you know, would you try, would you want to be interested in learning some of these on bass? And uh, just, we're going to restart this band and cool. start gigging. And so I just jumped into it from there just out of, because I, I wanted to play more. and. And, uh, but I was still pretty young, and uh, so I learned a lot with them and just started immersing myself in the music. And then, for me, I got to this point because um, I would hear a song that I really liked, and then I would try and find other versions of it. And then, so you're like, you just keep tracking it back, you know? Yeah. And then, like, okay, boletos. So I started listening to trio-style, Los Pancho stuff, and then um, a little bit of mariachi, and then I got, just keep going back and back, and then I, I got really into Son Jarocho music for for a while and uh, still am but I don't play it as much now uh, and that's I was playing with a group of older guys that were doing it and I found them people in my town that did it and just started hanging out with them the same way and got the bought the instrument and um, and then I that's when I met Jordan and another guy that we used to play with that we kind of started the group with and uh, but I had been playing guitaron because I was I just got a guitaron I was kind of getting into just trying to be more versed in Mexican traditional music yeah. And then, uh, and they were like, "Yeah, well, we do some New Mexican style fiddle music." I'm like, "What? I, what's this New Mexican style fiddle music? I've never really heard of that." Uh, I knew my great grandfather played violin, but I, I didn't associate it with anything other than I don't know. I guess I didn't. I wasn't into it. And then, uh, so yeah, so we started playing with these guys, and then uh, I was playing guitarón and upright bass for for a few years, and just kept and still continuing to go back and back. Yeah you know, trace the lineage. Yeah. I like that. That's what kind of, I nerd out on that stuff. So yeah. uh, that helped me take it back as far as possible and stuff like that. I, I, I feel like this is a through line in like traditional musicians where they start playing punk rock. Like yeah, especially yeah. people our generation. Yeah. But then they specifically get into academic traditional music. Yeah. And I'm wondering like, is there a through line there, or is it some sort of overcorrection, or like not overcorrection, but a correction of you know what think, is going on there? I think it's when you're when you're a young kid and you're like a crusty kid and you're, you know, for me I was like a runaway and living with my on the street with my friends and it's like you build a family, you know, the family you choose yeah. with musicians and stuff like that. Yeah. And then so you, you're into that music and you're and and then once you start growing up and separating, you kind of are like always trying to copy that bond. So you, you meet people and they sort of become your musical family and then you get into whatever they have to show you and then it's like, oh, then it something, it touches your heart somehow yeah. and you start going back because you're trying to just get closer and closer to that source. I don't know, that's what I feel like for me is like that whole thing of like just trying to get, trying to build family through music, like a mu musical family and then yeah. also um, what it takes to do that. like. Because it, you, if you don't get into the academic research of the music, it runs out pretty quick. Like you, you, sure. hit, you hit a plateau quickly. Yeah. And then, um, especially if you're trying to really get into it and, and further yourself, get closer and closer to having that be your main thing of life, right? Yeah. Being a musician, um, you got to keep learning, man, and, and digging and finding new stuff and like 
and for, for me it was just songs that I loved and I researched them and try and find other versions or and luckily we are the YouTube generation so it's like yeah. you can, everything you can do you can do all that from home like you can stay up all night long yeah. just finding stuff and obscure different tunes and styles and and then yeah the hard part is finding people to play them with but they're there and I, I remember I was this mariachi lady told me once because uh, I was playing Son Harocha but I didn't really have people to play with and she was like just keep practicing though and keep doing oh keep doing what you're doing and uh Sorry, bro, I'm from Albuquerque, Iowa. Uh, Gunshots. <laughs> yes, I'll jump at the floor. I lived in Philly for seven years. Yeah. I've been the same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's like, just practice on your own. Uh, don't worry about having a band or anything like that. Just do it for the intention. Yeah. And then, uh, and you'll, and that'll draw you to people that play the styles of music. Yeah. Uh, and then you have all this wealth of knowledge to move forward with. So. That's really beautiful. I I don't know if I've heard anyone specifically say. I engaged with traditional music academically because I'm like trying to fulfill a deep like spiritual need. Yeah. <laughs> like for like sure. for, for family and community. Yeah. Like uh yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. And I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of us come together and then it's like you go back and you're like, oh you were a punk rocker back when you were fourteen too. That makes a Yeah, hug. yeah. No wonder we're still friends now that we're old and have kids and drink tea and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Um so it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Great. Well, what should we play next? And then I want to ask you about your, uh, um, your history with this music, Jordan. Let's do the New Mexico polka. Okay, great. Am I? You're getting out your button accordion here.
Oh. I'm all cheered up. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. That'll do it, man. Yeah. And the sun came out. It's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah in, uh, in Appalachian music, I often feel like there's something, the tune will, you know, sound incredibly happy and effusive, but then it'll just be like, my wife died on a Saturday night, or something like that, or something like really dark. Is it, does this music have that kind of like, kind of double edge, or is it just happy? Like, well, the, the, especially the rancheras are, they're pretty. Cortevenas, bro. Yeah. Yeah, they cut me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they're, they're for venting, you know? They're for venting. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, uh, yeah, my favorite's always like you get an old one of Willie Nelson's first records and he's yeah. smiling and it's the saddest stuff you've ever heard in your entire life for 33 yeah. minutes, you know? <laughs> so I guess there's like the balance of in between both. Yeah. Are you guys thinking of yourself, this is this bluegrass? This is brown grass, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's New Mexican style, but I, I always just say... <laughs> New Mexican style? Yeah. Yeah. New Mexican style bluegrass? No, bluegrass. it's not bluegrass. It's just New Mexican style. New Mexican style. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm just the token banjo player right now. Yeah. 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 I spent a long time with bluegrass bars in the Midwest, so very cool. Cool. Yeah. We could do like a real quick Q and A after we're done with this interview, if you would, if you have more questions, okay? Okay. Cool. Uh, so, Jordan, how did you? find this music you grew up in Missouri yeah did yeah. you hear any of this music in Missouri or did it happen later well I did once hear this music okay in Missouri. <laughs> yeah once. because yeah this there was a, a, a community of dancers in Hawk Point Missouri who uh, would do round dancing like they do uh, waltzes and two steps and shottishes and once in a while they do a square in the middle and I went because this fiddle player I was learning from would go play for them and one the dancers gave me a tape of an electric guitar player that they had got from Albuquerque doing the shottish and they're like, we want you to play this shottish for this. They had the best shottishes of me in Albuquerque and they went dancing and loved it. So I often think of that, that that was that one moment where the first contact was made. Yes. They had that, this cassette tape. The seed was planted. The seed was planted, yeah. And then, now I wonder, like, maybe we actually, I actually still play that shottish and relearned it because I, I don't remember at all what it was. It's just that it was in two keys. But I don't, yeah. So no, I, I didn't really hear any of this music. Yeah. Uh, but, and I didn't, you know, grow up in a very m musical family. I didn't hear that much music until I started getting interested as a teenager. And then I, I found out that my, you know, my grandma's family, her brother was a fiddle player and her dad was a fiddle player. And she, uh, you know, sings a lot of songs and she played the piano and sang with everybody. And, and then I learned, I started learning about the Missouri style mm -hmm. of regional fiddle. Uh, traditional fiddling and uh, got into that and that that was kind of uh, my introduction to regional music I guess or in, at, at, I guess at the sense of you know I met or you know tried learning some different styles on my own but to really have a connection to the elders and stuff and dance communities and yeah. kind of get that whole picture yeah uh, and then and I, I, I learned from a couple fiddle players in Missouri and uh, you know didn't really think of you know doing it for a living or, or forming a band because I guess just the landscapes different in Missouri and I hadn't just it just didn't occur to me at the time and I guess I was doing other things 
uh, when I, after those, the fiddle players I was learning from passed away, I had moved to New Mexico and missed that connection and started getting curious. And I thought, oh, I know there's got to be a similar thing here, you know. And, and uh, but the, the first musicians I heard at this uh, concert were this mandolin player, Tomas. Yes. Uh, he was accompanying Mariano, the violinist, and, and uh, I was just. It's cool to kind of look back over the years, like Tomas ended up becoming kind of a major mentor to the group and yeah. connected us with all this music and, uh, you know, jammed with us and taught us tunes and really helped, you know, it's really been a connection to the past generations and that mm. kind of continuity. And then and then Mariano too, we were just talking about playing some of his music and uh, that, yeah, they've been important kind of connections. And then this style of, of accordion playing comes from Antonia Apulaca, who's someone we've all visited a lot in Albuquerque. She lives, she's from Rociada up north, outside of Las Vegas, New Mexico, uh, and she's 96, so she now lives in an assisted living place in Albuquerque, closer to her son. And uh, that tune that we just played is one from her repertoire that uh, she, her family left New Mexico in I think the 40s and went for several decades to Wyoming. Like a lot of families went north to uh, where there was the sugar beet economy yeah. and stuff, or, or mining. And um, and she learned that tune from a Hispanic fiddle player in Wyoming who called it the New Mexico polka. So he might have got it from New Mexico. There you go. And she brought it back. <laughs> and uh, we learned it from her. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to do uh, two more tunes. I know you have at least one that you wanted to do just as a trio. Um, do you want to do that now or at, for the last uh, for the last tune? Uh, we could do that one now. Okay, cool. Yeah, what are you gonna play? Uh, this this is a, a set of tunes. It's three tunes that are all uh, cutillos, which is a, a northern New Mexican dance genre. They're kind of like square dance tunes. So, yeah. um, and a lot of them are even have like s snippets of square dance tunes that came from the east and and got kind of refleshed out into New Mexican tunes. I thought I heard some like old time tunes. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. There. yeah there's phrases of them that then like a lot of, you know, I think that's, that happens a lot in uh, metis fiddling. Okay. Like yeah. like where there's a seed of a tune that came and then it got reconstituted yeah. and made into another tune and. So it's kind of a whole subgenre of northern New Mexican tunes there that you can say, oh, you could make a whole album of just those tunes. It's like this is kind of turkey in the straw. And yeah. This is kind yeah. of flop-eared mule for a second, you know, and uh, and then yeah, and I think and this all these two of these tunes come from um, Max Apulaca, Antonia's husband, who they you know were together up in Wyoming for many years, and so he was really influenced by some Western style fiddling and. Then brought that back. He had, he had learned to play the fiddle in New Mexico from his family, but then kind of, you know, part of that conversation. Yeah. And and spoiler alert, you end this tune with a shave and the hair and a haircut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, okay, there, I have to ask about this. Yeah. He ended all of his tunes that way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna since we're we have video and stuff, and uh, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna go sit down in the audience. I'm gonna be in the audience. Right. Right. Can I sit in your chair, man? Is that cool? Please do.
Yeah, brown grass. Brown grass. Brown grass. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so there are all these pauses in there. Is there something that's happening in the dancing? Tricking, tricking the dancers. Yeah. So it's just being me. <laughs> yeah. No, they can actually. The dancers can actually dance just straight through that because okay. it's it's a gap of I guess one beat. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't trip them up. Yeah, or they can do like a cool little lick there. Yeah, and that pause too, like yeah. a really good dancer. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They yeah. can do yeah. something cool. Cool. So we have uh, one more tune left. How do people stay up to date with where you're playing? Where do people find your albums? All that stuff. Uh, you can find everything basically on lonepinion.com. Yeah. L-O-N-E-P-I-N-O-N.com. Great. There's no Enya in the internet yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> it needs to change. Yeah. 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 And we're on uh, social media platforms as well. Yeah. Facebook and uh, Instagrams and okay, all that. Okay, great. So uh, all that's will be linked in the show notes cool. on your app. Just tap and swipe until yeah. you're... Life is full of <laughs> New Mexican music. Yeah, there's we've got four albums that we've recorded, and they're available from our our website. And uh, yeah, we just finished one of all Northern New Mexico style wonderful dance music that'll be up there shortly. Cool. Yeah. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Let me make sure I'm still in tune. And yeah. then, what do you want to play for this? You want to try the Indita? Oh, is that the very hard one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can, we can, I, we can, I do want to try yeah. the Indita. We can do a, a take and edit it out and do another one. Y'all want to yeah. hear a, a practice run yeah. of the super hard tune? It doesn't matter. It's, it's all great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. If it goes well, then we'll just... All right. We'll yeah. Just but, you know.
You can buy Lone Pinon's albums and check out their tour dates at lonepinon.com. And make sure to like and follow them on Facebook and Instagram to stay current. And I want to shout out Noah Martinez, who's moving on to other things under good terms and wishes Lone Pinon the best. I'm real glad I got to catch you for one of your last performances with the band. You're an awesome musician, and I hope I get to hear you shred again sometime soon, whether it's New Mexican music on stage or playing more sad country songs at another bonfire. Don't forget to support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon so you can watch the full video episode as well as a handful of others I've made throughout 2019. Sign up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That, along with everything else I just mentioned, is available in the show notes on your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thank you for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.